Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Chris Evans here, and thank you for downloading this, a special edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show podcast, because it's the whole of my chat with the one and only Rich Roll, king of the podcasts. Sir Rich, can you give us one minute on a bluffer's guide to who Rich Roll is and how he came about? All right, I'll do my best. And I'll try to be brief, which is not my strength. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Former recovering lawyer and recovering alcoholic uh, faces an existential slash health crisis on the precipice of turning 40, uh, decides to reinvent himself ends up adopting a plant-based diet and immerses himself in the world of ultra endurance sports happens to distinguish himself in a couple races and live to tell the story but before that you were an elite athlete at at college i had been uh, a standout swimmer yeah i competed at at stanford in the late 1980s which was a, a standout program at the time although i was i was a bench warmer i was good but i was not olympic material by any stretch of the imagination and what, where are we now and what do you do for a living? So 53 now, still trying to get after it. I just did an Otillo swim run race on Catalina yesterday. So trying to continue to mix it up as best I can. Uh, and I spend my days doing a version of what you do, uh, podcasting, writing. I do some public speaking. We host retreats. I've got some online stuff that I do, online meal planner, etc. But live my life in the digital space. Okay, now I refer to you as the chief disciple. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, you know, Socrates had Plato and everybody that comes to see you has you. And, you know, Plato's secret, I suppose, was that he was quite wise and philosophical himself. But um, in a way, Socrates sort of tacitly stole Plato's thunder while Plato did the hard work for Socrates so history would remember him. You're not dissimilar. Um, I think that when people come and see you, you know, uh, you facilitate their voice and their platform. But it's the it's the conversation that you have with them, and how you sort of bookend the things they might have to say, which I really find fascinating and completely compelling and immersive. Um, are you aware of how good you are? Uh, first of all, thank you for the very kind words. It means a lot coming from you. Um, and I suffer from a profound case of imposter syndrome. So it is strange to hear that uh, coming from you. I feel uh, simultaneously honored by that sentiment and also uncomfortable because I don't, I don't feel like I'm doing anything other than just trying to be present and um, leading with my own kind of curiosity. And, you know, I, I, I curate the show by trying to bring on the guests um, that I think speak to the things that that I'm interested in, in terms of personal growth. So if there is a talent, I think it's in trying to source the best people and shine the best light that I possibly can on on their work and their advocacy. I mean, you've been doing this for eight, this is your eighth year. 
Correct. Um, you started in November 2012, I think. And I heard Program One the other day. I listened to it on purpose because I was going to come see you. I'd have got, I'd have gotten to it anyway, but I listened to it on purpose. And you pretty much hit the ground running. I mean, you know, the first thing I thought was, oh my goodness me, you're talking a lot quicker. But then I realised that I had it on one and a half times on uh-huh. my phone. It was playing too quickly, so, so that was my fault, not yours. <laughs> Episode one, you're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Wow. But um, but you you were pretty much you pretty much hit the ground running. You know, you were. You were exactly the same as you are now. You were talking around things, but then you got back to where you were. The, th- the biggest development I, I've, I heard was when you talked to um, Mishka for the first time. Mm. And it was in your intro. It wasn't in the interview. Because in your intro, what was really interesting is the fact that you sort of, you precursed it with the fact that you, you were going to go deep and this was a, this, you know, people might want to get ready for this one, you know, and you went a lot deeper than you thought you might. And I was expecting, you know, a really sort of... Uh, not not a hard listen, but I was I was I was getting myself ready for it because you'd advised me to, but it was nowhere near as deep as you go now. Mm. So it's funny that back then, you know, I don't know if you remember that, but you've talked you've you've gone a lot deeper since with it with a lot less warning. Well, I think that what I've discovered, if there is a a specificity to what I do or a sweet spot. It's my ability to um, lead with empathy and provide a safe environment for people to open up and be a little bit more honest and open and vulnerable than they typically would in public or on some kind of you know media outlet. And that Mishka episode did really well. There was a rapport that I had with him and I realized like, oh, there's something unique and special about this dynamic that I think I wanna double down on. Um, and I think that's what distinguishes me from a lot of the other kind of uh, shows that do something similar to what I do. Like for me, I bring on these people who have tons of amazing information to impart, but my approach is that all of that is secondary. What's primary is being able to emotionally connect with that person and to get to the heart of who they are. And I trust that if I can do that and really connect that whatever information is meant to be imparted will come about naturally. But my priority is to, to humanize the whole experience. And when you started, you, you had a laptop, yeah? A, la- a what? A laptop computer. Is that uh, how you started? Yeah. Okay, so do you not, do you not call them laptops? Uh, no, I just didn't, I, the accent. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay, when, <laughs> so a laptop. A la- okay, got it. Okay. So that was the first time, uh-huh. that your fir- first podcast was you and Judy. Right. Talking about podcasting and then talking to each other about relationships and things like that. And, and now we're here in the studio, you know, and there are other microphones around in other parts of the house. And, and when you went to Mishka's house, even 27 episodes in, you had your flight cases. Mm-hmm. You're, you're pretty pretty quickly schooled in this, this business. Mm-hmm. You're like a super engineer now, can you? No, not at all. In fact, I've had to simplify the whole process. Like I used to schlep around like a soundboard that I never really figured out how to use properly. Look good though. And mics that didn't quite work. I mean, that first episode we recorded in an environment that was perhaps the worst acoustic environment of all time, like a giant warehouse with like tin walls and like 50 foot high ceilings and concrete floors using microphones that are for musical instruments and not human voice. I then, when this like little Zoom device that we have in front of us now was invented, then I just moved over to that and dispensed with anything challenging or difficult technologically. But I do have a team of people now that help me, whereas I used to just do every aspect, every facet of the show, top to bottom, completely myself. And I'm glad that I did that because I learned every facet of what is required to you know, effectively do 
a, a podcast. Um, but now, you know, I, I just, I have to like let go of some of my control freak tendencies and allow other people to help me. It's funny because, you know, to, to many people listening to this now, podcasting is still a dark art, but it, it, it's catching fire and its growth will be exponential. And I think it's not dissimilar to the late 90s when Bricks and Clicks first came in, the, the internet, because it came, mm. you know, it crashed, it came back. It was a form, storm, reform and perform, they say over here, don't mm -hmm. they? And that happened. It also happened with Twitter as well. It happened with um, Bourbon, then Instagram. And I think you've been podcasting now for eight years. Joe Rogan's been it for 10 years, maybe something like that. And I think it's, it's going to come again and it's going to stay and it's going to be huge. What is your sense of what's happening with podcasting or are you too close to it to, to see? No, I follow it pretty closely um it's continuing to grow but i still think it's very much in its infancy um you know i was at the right place at the right time and was able to kind of grow into it in a low risk environment before too many people were listening and it's it, the medium has exploded around me and a big part of that is because the technology has become more and more seamless so that um it's one click away as opposed to three clicks away. I mean, when I started, in order to listen to a podcast, you had to download it on your laptop or your desktop, save the file, then bounce it to your iPod or your MP3 player. You had to be very intentional about what you were doing in order to listen. And I was an early adopter as a fan. Like I, I, when I was out training for all these races, spending all this time alone, I was exposed to this incredible ecosystem but I was the only one I knew that listened to it. And I would, I would say, why aren't you, why aren't people doing it? And nobody could wrap their heads around it. So when it, when, you know, it came time for me to start my own, I thought like, you know, I, I've been such a fan. Like I learned how to do it by listening to countless hours. Um, now it's continuing to grow. And I think with that, there's a plus and a minus to that. The, the, on the plus side, um, it will continue to grow. I think we're very much still at the beginning. Um, but I think it also is because now it's profitable and people have realized how to create business models around this. You're seeing the influx of all of these sort of corporate interests and conglomerations moving in and creating very high end, highly produced, you know, true crime stuff, all the storytelling, which I think is fabulous. Um, but, you know, the root and the core of podcasting is and hopefully always will be the long form conversation. And I think we're in an environment right now where we need this more than ever in our divisive times, because the only healthy way forward is to be able to sit across from another human being and have a discussion with them and try to grapple with and ultimately come to terms um, with each other over issues that we may see differently. Yeah. So it's more nuanced, less binary. Yeah. Simple as that. Less pluses and minuses mm -hmm. and more of a flow. Yeah. And I think I think that's a big reason why people are cottoning onto it and listening more and more because they are tired of the, you know, the the sound bite and the clickbait. And, you know, the, you turn on the TV and there's, a, you know, eight boxes of faces yelling at each other for yeah. 30 seconds before they cut to commercial. And people, I think that panders to the audience. And I think podcasting has a deeper respect for the intelligence of the listener and the nuance that's required to really understand um, an issue. Talking of commercials, what was your first ever commercial? Oh my God. Well, I mean, I did the podcast for quite a while before I dipped my toe into ads. I mean, I did it for free for years. Um, I think I, I experimented here and there with like an Amazon ad or like an Audible ad or something like that. I can't remember what my first one was, but it was, it was probably... It was probably for Amazon. 
How can remember. you not remember your first paid out? Now, I think the first paid out I did was for like two hundred dollars. Yeah, but you still like remember that. it because it's yeah. the first time you sell a painting. Well, I it? did it, and then I stopped doing it because I thought I'm not going to do an ad if I'm only going to. This is because you're. I'm potentially alienating the audience for no upside. Yeah, there's a great phrase for that, isn't there? Full charge or free. Yeah, you know that one? yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I like that. It's good. Okay, rainbows or thunderstorms? Thunderstorms. I hoped you'd say that. Yeah, much more exciting. And also they clear the air. Yes. Beetles or stones? Beetles. Nice. Fruit or vegetables? Vegetables. Do you care about that one? I can go either way on yeah. that. I don't feel strongly about it. They're both important. I, I would say myself. fruit and vegetables. Okay, that's not allowed. <laughs> okay. Tents or bedrooms? Tents. Come on. Really? You saw my tent out there. No, of course. I know that. But you just <laughs> yeah. have to say tents. Yeah, I, of course I do. Okay. Surfing or skateboarding? Surfing. The power of now or the legend of the Tao? Mm. I think the power of now because I think you can pack the legend of the Tao into the power of now. And the power of now gets you to the legend of the Tao. Yeah. Guru Singh or Goggings? Oh, wow. That's a good one. Hmm. We need a little of both, don't we, in our lives? Not that. I think that ultimately I'm, I, I, I'm going with Guru Singh. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ferris or Holiday? Holiday. Ultra or Iron Man? Ultra. Julie's vegan cheese or Julie's something else we haven't yet been told about. Mm. Julie's something else we haven't been told about. <laughs> and maybe never will. Let's, let's talk about Julie. So the only time I ever hear the merest suggestion that you're slightly on edge or a bit ruffled <laughs> is when you're podcasting with yeah. Julie. The reaction to... My episodes with Julie are always very interesting and divisive and controversial. Um, a little controversial, not completely controversial. She's, uh, she is a unique form of provocateur, I think. And, you know, look, she knows me upside and sideways. So she can, she can call me out and push my buttons. You're sounding a bit like you sound with her now. Oh yeah. No, well, I got, I got to couch my words carefully. I mean, I love my wife. She's amazing. And she's a very strong person and she's unafraid to just call things as she sees it. And sometimes I think if you sense a, um, any kind of like hesitation in my voice, it's probably because I'm thinking about how this is going to land with the audience, not about not because of how I take it, right? Because Julie is sometimes vibrating on a wavelength that I think is not accessible to certain people or could be considered um, difficult to connect with. The dinner party conversation. Yeah, and and uh, and I consider myself to be a way station or a translator or a vehicle for taking um, ideas 
that perhaps main people who are very mainstream have never been exposed to before or are being introduced to for the very first time and figuring out how to translate it in a way that, you know, the bond trader on Wall Street or the um, UPS driver can digest and understand and, and relate to. Good speech. Yeah. <laughs> And what are you really getting at, Chris? <laughs> I'm not getting anything because I feel exactly the same way about my wife. Uh-huh. It's exactly the same. It's funny because you talk about, you know, you say, "Well, I'm thinking about how it's going to land and stuff." Now, you know, I can hear the I can hear the commentary when somebody's on the air. I can hear the, the self commentary. I can hear it. I've done it myself. I do it myself every day. But I can't really hear it with you. The reason I think podcasting is fascinating, I think it's like fishing, and I think that when two people get together. Um, and they have a common bond is too strong a word because it's not always that that but they have a they're in flow together for one reason or another they don't even have to agree mm-hmm. but they're, they're both there for the right reason and there's a sort of equivalence of energy about the whole situation and then when you go you, it's like you're going fishing together and you as a listener you're waiting for for the for the bite and it's not 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 one party or the other bite. you're fishing together and you get a bite and you get a you you, you get something hooked on you know and it's a, it's a phrase or it's a story or whatever it is. And you just don't get that in short form interviews. And mm, I find that yeah. fascinating. Well, I think part of the reason for that, like if you extend the metaphor a little bit, if you're fishing and you're trying to catch something, you know, I think of, I think about that as, as, as a path towards connection, right? And if you have somebody sitting across from you who's very media savvy, say it's somebody who's, you know, in the public sphere, who's used to doing a lot of interviews, What's great about podcasting is you can give them a long leash and they'll go and do all their talking points and say all the things that they have planned. And sometimes it's a waiting game. It's a it's a patience game of like, okay, let's just let's get through all of this until they're done and they have nothing left yeah. in chambered and ready to go. And that's when it gets interesting because then they're forced to really think about what they're about to say. When did you And I think you just tried that with me a minute ago. No, I didn't. I really did. I, I, no, like I, with the question about Julie, it's no, like I, I, I have like a, 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 a chambered, you know, response to that. Yeah. But you're so good at what you do, you're like you're you continue to push. No, it's a trigger, but you know, mm. I, it was only fun. By the way, you did yeah. get quite serious during that as well. Uh-huh. It's so so funny, isn't it? <laughs> what I love is your laugh, right? That is the that is the laugh of a recovering alcoholic. Oh, well, why is that? Because it has pure joy in it. Because uh. it's light, and when you laugh out loud like that. Because it's a pause, and it's like it's like an explosion of joy, and it's there's very few grown-ups that can feel like that in the moment, and because of the highs you've had in the past, you know, and the lows that come with those highs. But I think that's a real release for you. And when when we're running along and we're listening to your podcast, and you, one of those moments happen, and it's always half a second after it might happen otherwise, and you laugh. I burst that laughing because oh, I'm so happy for you. That makes me happy. <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? Yeah. So, and you've done it. It's nice. <laughs> a nice thing. How come I meet people who haven't heard of you? I think most people haven't heard of me. I know. And I can't believe it because Joe Rogan's this and Tim Ferriss is that and all the other people are, do, are doing their thing. But here's my question. This is why I came. This is mm. why I came here up into the mountains in Malibu what can we do to help because it's it's time isn't it it's eight or nine years it's good tash and i were talking about this and she said you know don't say anything untoward but i'm here to help right i would love to help and i feel like there's a tipping point 
what's what where do we go from here what are you going to do from here is was there a plan is there a mission statement how's that going all those things i mean i think growth is always something that you want of course you know would my life be better if the audience is bigger i mean everybody kind of the ego wants that i suppose um, what I would say is I, I don't spend a lot of time sitting around plotting like what I want it to look like in five years. I'm so grateful to just have the the job that I have and that I get to wake up every day and, and do what I do. And if that's all that it is, then, you know, it's a life well lived in my in my opinion. You know, I'm working towards trying to do certain things that could lever it up a little bit, but I don't have, like, I'm not doing this so that I can get a TV show or, you know, enter traditional media in some, you know, new way. Like, I, I just want to be able to expand my capacity to, you know, basically get better at what I do, get better guests, and to not just impact more people, but actually more profoundly impact the people that are already listening to me. And if that, if, if growth comes with that, then that's great. And I'm, other than that, like I'm all ears. Like I don't, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about like how am I going to promote myself. I mean, I need other people to help me with that. I guess you know. I, I didn't uh, mean that because yeah. I know that's not that's not that's not how you sing. But I would say you know, look, I I, I uh, you know, I'm proud of the work that I do, and I think I am good at what I do, despite my imposter syndrome tendencies. And sometimes it is sort of interesting or frustrating when I see other what else is out there that's getting more attention than what I'm doing. And I take solace only in in the idea that like I'm not trying, you know, I don't create clickbait titles. I'm not trying to, you know, unfairly draw attention to myself. I believe that that if I just focus on quality and having the best conversations that I possibly am capable of having. Um, and put in, you know, the work to create the best show that I can, that ultimately over time that that will rise to the top. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But that's kind of how I operate. Um, Joe Rogan, king of the world. He's the 800 pound gorilla in the space. It's unbelievable what he's created. Do you think he's good? I think he I think he's very good. What he does is different than me. And he's got a different setup and a different system. But like hats off. I mean, it's incredible what he's built and the influence that he has. I mean, I would venture to say that. If you're a young male between, I don't know, 16 and 35, he's the most important media figure in your life by far. And the fact that mainstream media is only beginning to understand the impact that this guy is having is shocking to me. I mean, he gets barely any mention or respect from traditional media outlets and his audience size dwarfs most new shows or primetime television shows for that matter. It's incredible. Well, they're not beginning to understand. They're just beginning to admit that they admit, might yeah, understand yeah, yeah. and they right. fully understand, don't they? I think, you know, the Elon Musk interview and then the Bernie Sanders interview, like, forced them to reckon with him in a, in a new and different way and to take him seriously and honestly. So, tipping point-wise, right? You know, some bands are massive in... Europe and not so big, like the Killers. You know mm -hmm. the Killers? Mm -hmm. They are massive in Europe. You know they're okay, they do okay here, but they are massive there, right? What if your tipping point was Europe and then back to the US? I'm 100% fine with that. Okay, that was sort of one of the things I was bringing out. Wow, that's very cool. I appreciate that. I mean, welcome. Yeah. And would you ever consider doing like we have it in Britain? We have pop-up radio stations, so we have a national DAB license and all this kind of stuff. But every four or five, we we can get a license for four or five days where we pop up and we just happen anywhere. Uh -huh. So we could go to the Olympics, for example. Right. Um, would you ever consider doing like a summer where you do 
more podcast, maybe one a day or yeah yeah i mean i definitely want to pl- like i have a format that works but you know it's like you always have to be you know playing around with it and and you know take risks so i'm i, I really want to start doing more of that like getting flexible with the format and the idea of creating a system where i could put up more content in a more facile way, like a daily show would be incredible. Well, it's like I was thinking about Beach Reach, you know, people like Mark Manson's book, you know, uh-huh. he says it does really good in the holidays, doesn't yeah. it? Because it does. But people want more of their favorite podcasts when they're on holiday every day. Right. But they would like maybe uh, a fre- fresh, you know, box fresh one. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, cool. Maybe that could I like that. be something that happens. So you have said several times in the podcast that I've listened to, and I've listened to many now, um, that. I'm a very disciplined person, right? But you've also said, which I find really interesting, that you only you only feel moved to do something when it threatens your well-being or your existence, right? Which is all about the past, I suppose. So, are you only really disciplined when you have to be for your own well-being? No, I don't think that's entirely accurate. I think I have a very adept like capacity for discipline um and and that discipline i'll deploy that discipline in many ways and often towards things that i don't want to do whether it's professional personal athletic etc i think where i get into difficulty is in is in the kind of addictive nature of my personality that can only be corralled through through more of a surrender approach than a dis, than a self will and discipline approach. Discipline can come into play, but discipline alone is inadequate in terms of reeling in my character defects. That requires a more kind of spiritually principled approach, I guess I would say. So I don't have problems with traditional notions of discipline, like working hard and you know, going the extra mile or getting up early in the morning to train. All of those things are like second nature to me. I've been doing them since I was like 14. But I think uh, where where I've where I've relied on pain to move the needle for me are in, you know, all of the things that trip me up with respect to addiction, because although I no longer drink or use drugs, I still am an alcoholic and that will manifest in a variety of different ways. Right. It's still looking to be expressed, not through me picking up a drink, but in how I interact with my kids or my wife or, you know, the angst that I carry around with me. All of these things that that discipline, you know, doesn't really resolve. Can you just leave our listeners with something, a a really good sort of uh, takeaway? You know, we're both 53. Right. And I think when you you reach our age or you're in your 40s, you start to think that like your the die is cast and your life is what it is. And one thing I've come to really learn and embrace is that, you know, change is always possible and it's always at your fingertips. And although pain really is the thing that that has only gotten me to change, the truth is, is that that opportunity is always an arm's length away. And, you know, I've gone through periods of my life where I thought, this is it. It's never going to get better. And I've watched my life change and grow in, in miraculous ways I could have never predicted. And what I take from that is, is that and my, my direct experience and the experience of so many of the guests that I've had on the show is that we all have so much more potential than we allow ourselves to believe. And the possibility that exists within all of us to be 
more fully expressed, to live more authentic to who we are, and to be more self-actualized in our physical lives and our emotional, mental, and spiritual lives, I think is profound. And everything that I do is about trying to get people to recognize that and to take action in their own lives. Because I really don't think that I'm all that special. I'm not some crazy gifted athlete. I've done a few things. Uh, you know, I, I wrote a book that didn't make the New York Times bestseller list. I host a podcast that is by no means the largest podcast. But if I could change, you know, as profoundly as I have in my life, that means that this is available to everybody. And one word about Judy. Not one word. Actually. One word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm so much of what I've been able to do is because of her wisdom and support. And that's just a fact. Um, she has this tremendous capacity for faith. And when I doubt myself, she was the strength that I didn't have that I needed. Uh, and, and the vision, you know, to help, to help kind of see us through difficult times. And I realize not everybody has that in their life. If you can find it, grab it. It's the best decision I ever made was connecting with her. Um, and, and she's premised her entire life on the unseen, really, in so many ways. Like she's contravening, you know, typical ideas about how to live your life. And her capacity for faith has been my greatest teacher. And what I've realized is that when you are willing to put yourself out there to do the inside work, to connect with who you truly are, and you can muster the strength to walk forward strongly in that fully embodied version of yourself, that somehow at some point in some way I don't understand, the world opens up to you in beautiful and amazing ways that will, that will gird your life with meaning and purpose. Thank you. Thank you. Peace. Plants. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> you listen all the way to the end. Wow. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. Thank you for downloading this special extra edition of the best of the breakfast show with Sky. And if you haven't already, you can subscribe for free to get our best bits every week.